Your spleen is like. Oh, oh, wow. oh that's a very. <laughs> that was that. Is that your spleen? That's your spleen. Young podcast, a podcast made by students for everyone, not just students. I'm going to break that one. Okay. All right. Today we have our co-hosts. We have Nick. What's up? We've got Charlene. Hello. And we've got Timmy. Hey, what's up? And I am Brendan. Uh, today's topic we're going to revolve around uh, diets. Um, we're going to go through special diets and everything like that in terms of Chinese med. Um, so I know Timmy. Timmy has a lot of experiences in terms of diet. She likes to try new things. Tell me about your experiences with different diets, bro. Um, I think the diet that I've tried at least is the keto, the ketogenic one. Um, intermittent fasting, I think those are the two main ones that I've tried. Let's start with keto. Uh, what's keto exactly? Can we can we throw a disclaimer at the start? Of this sure. Oh yeah, that's kind of right. And that we're not dietitians, um, and these opinions about these specific diets are on our own opinions. And if you want to follow any Diet you wish. Yeah, do your thing. Do you? Do yeah, you? Yeah, do you? that's it. Maybe we should that's start it. actually at like the Chinese med sort of perspective of oh, yeah, before right. we delve into like the different <coughs> popular diets that um, society now covers and stuff. What, what do you think the Chinese medicine aspect covers when it comes to diet and if it's important for Chinese medicine to cover diet? What do you normally do when it comes to these sort of things? Mostly balance. The, the main thing with Chinese med based. Uh, Diets is balance. So just as long as you're having uh, a, a balance of cold foods or and warm foods, and uh, the natures of each food is also really important too. Uh, and it also depends on person to person. Yeah, and also the environment as well. Like in Australia now, it's summer, and I think we spoke about this briefly. So you want more hydrating foods, whereas in winter you kind of want things that are a bit more heaty and can warm you up. So it's. I think Chinese medicine diet is very individualized. It's different for every person. And I think each food from a Chinese medicine perspective can be used as medicine. There's a little handbook that I have. It's called Food as Medicine. And it gives the properties of every, well, not every, a lot of food from a Chinese medicine perspective. And I think that's really helpful if you want to incorporate that into your health as a kind of preventative measure rather than just like reacting to health things that are going on so i think yeah that's kind of a more chinese medicine theory or kind of yeah definitely uh, balance it with meats and vegetables (laughs) and trying to eat less or lesser cold foods and less hot foods like hot as in like lambs and beef a lot because it's like too hot for the body rather than that temperature when we're talking about hot and cold we're not necessarily talking about temperature we're talking about the properties of the food i think a good way to explain it is inflammatory food so mm-hmm. things that produce uh, promote more inflammation and things like that it might be a little bit more palatable to some people i think that's actually like a really good thing that we can like delve into when it comes to properties versus like the nature of the food because i think a lot of the general population doesn't understand that like um let's say that a cold food might be cold in nature, it doesn't necessarily have to be physically cold to touch, sort of thing. Like, for example, let me give you a situation. Like, pretend that I have, like, I have a cold at the moment, a bit of a flu, and I want to go eat some ice cream. And then your Chinese medicine person is like, oh, that's a cold food. It's like, ah, oh, is it? Oh, it doesn't come like first nature for me to not touch cold sort of property foods. 
and I have a cold, for example. I think that's a really important topic that you should sort of like consider when you look into this sort of stuff. Something. Yeah, a lot of people also don't classify dairy as something oily or fatty. Um, when they're like, oh, you know, I eat a lot of yogurt um, but I'm, and I like maintain a healthy diet, but I, you know, I, I still feel really glunky and heavy. It's like, well, because yogurt is dairy and also like consumption of milk too. And especially if you're having that in the morning on like an empty stomach, it can be quite cold mm-hmm. for the stomach. Um, I, I have the most trouble with breakfast. I can't find a good, consistent breakfast that's going to be good enough. Oats? I just end up with toast. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, that's my go-to. But that's just because we have nothing in the house, man. <laughs> but I was eating, like, muesli with fruit and yogurt. Yeah, that's good enough. Have you found that for, like, your energy levels? It filled me up for a long time. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what most people say when it comes to oats. It's just, like, it keeps you... It's, it was a slow-releasing carb or something like that. I don't know. Ooh, yes. The low GI and the high GI foods. Ooh, don't know what any of that. I forgot what yeah. any of that is. <laughs> when it comes to like um, foods, like especially carbohydrates and stuff, you have your low GI foods and your high GI foods. GI stands for glycemic index, and they sort of rated it for um, how slow releasing it takes for your body to digest it and turn it into like energy i think that's like the easiest way for me to like break it down it's like uh let's say that you have more sort of starchier foods like uh, potatoes and stuff they normally have a uh it's 50 50 at this point um, high low gi there's a low gi low gi if anything i think i don't know i, I don't I think you're right i think they are because it takes a slow sort of a lot more time sort of yeah. to release um, the energy, and that's why they always like eat lots of low GI foods in the marketing and stuff because it takes longer for the body to digest. Chemically, that makes sense because potatoes high in starch. Starch is just a line of glucose, so then the body needs to break down the actual start the starch molecules to make um, like usable glucose. Yeah, definitely. So, shall we just go on to some like common diets now? What? Yeah. Should, sorry, just a quick interruption from you guys. Potatoes are high GI. High GI. High, high GI. GI. Uh-huh. Low GI. High GI. Wait, so glycemic. Wait. Hold on. What is GI? Well, GI, you explained that yet. Most potato varieties have a higher glycemic index. Yeah, and you want to go for like low GI yeah. foods so they digest better yeah. because starch is like a heavy high GI food and potatoes are starch. Right? Are we all on the same wavelength? I think so. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm up in the clouds, bro. Um, too many technical terms. Glycemic index. Let's let's head off to diets. <laughs> Mad. Um, Timmy, I know you have a little bit of experience with terms of trying out diets and seeing how that feels. Uh, did you want to go through your latest one? Um, my latest one? Yeah, so like the freshest memory one. What was the last one you tried? The one that I'm trying out now is probably like a low sugar, like low processed sort of foods diet at the moment. It's it's like less of a diet and more like a way of living sort of thing. It's like I just try and prevent myself from taking any uh, processed sugar like candy, lollies, um, stay away from Maccas, unfortunately, and like the fast food sort of junk. If I can, it's a very loose sort of base. That's always like a good rule of thumb, though. Stay away from those processed, like the more processed it gets, 
the less like the less benefit it has. You keep, you. keep it in moderation. Like uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, personally for me, you know, I want to justify my bad eating habits. But um, but like if you're gonna have it, don't have it too much. I used to, I used to have mates who would have it once a week, and that was like whoa, that was a lot for me anyway. Like every Friday, they get up and I'm like, hey, can I have dinner with y'all? Like because my family didn't do that, so it's nice to sort of like have that, but like. I'm trying to say, if it's in my option, where it's like someone hasn't bought me food or something nice, I'll try and be like, uh, I'll go for the water instead of the Sprite or something, like just small little lifestyle changes. Um, I think I've also tried, what I've tried is I've tried the ketogenic diet and the intermittent fasting diet lifestyle sort of thing. Yeah, that's, that's actually really interesting. Do you want to um, describe the keto diet really quick? So keto diet, ketogenic diet or keto diet is sort of, the premise sort of behind it very loosely is that you want to eat a lot of fats and it will, your body will sort of change into this mode of like fat burning mode called like uh, ketosis. Ketosis, ketosis, yeah. Yeah, ketosis. And it wants to just burn the fat in the body and that's trying to reduce the fat overall. This is to go, so you have to have no carbs in order for your body. So your body sort of goes as the first chain of uh, when you eat stuff, is carbs first, and then it sort of processes like fats and then muscles when it comes with burning off whatever. So by cutting out carbs, it moves on sort of to the next one, which is like fats. And then once you finish all like the nutritional fat that you've eaten, it'll start moving on to like fats in the body. So that's the premise behind it. Is that like your stored fats? Sorry. Yeah, like your yeah. stored fats and everything. That's why it's really good for like the fat burning sort of diet. I think it. I think it's pretty effective. Um, just for reference, uh, I'm like five, around five six, five seven for height, and I'm like slightly medium to skinnier build. What is that in centimeters for people like me? Um, I don't know. A one, yeah. one sixty nine, I think one sixty nine centimeters. I think it's a good short term diet to like think about if you have a lot of fat to lose. I didn't have that much fat to lose. I was just trying it out sort but of thing. There was a noticeable difference in your appearance though from how long did you do the diet for? A month. A month and one week before yes. I caved in and I remember cooking yes. for you in that time. Yeah. It was slightly more difficult. Yeah, definitely. You said that you mentioned uh, I remember during that time you mentioned how the fat kind of disappeared from your face first. And yeah, you mentioned how like your jaw was getting a that little bit more defined. Mm, yeah. It's it's weird how the body's sort of uh, the fat distribution because the body doesn't really you don't get to choose where the fat's sort of stored. Your body's kind of like yeah, we'll chuck some here, we'll chuck some here, and yeah. And were you exercising at this time? I was. I was still exercising. I think it was two times a week at least, like body workouts and stuff for like forty-five minutes. That's like muscle building type workouts. Uh, not really. Yeah, sort of. It's more like body weight. So yeah. exercise, not going to the gym, yeah. sort of stuff. Oh, like I so said, just working out muscle groups. Basically. Yeah, yeah. Sort of um, How about, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, cardio? Uh, just do a lot of cardio? Just, just walking sometimes for like 20 minutes. So it wasn't like an active thing to lose weight or anything? No, it yeah. wasn't. It was... And how did, you make, how did your body feel? Like, was there much difference in change of digestion or did you feel much different? I think for me, during the first week, it was tough. You get like really big, like, 
Don't you get the keto flu? Isn't that? Yeah, that's the thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you get like massive cravings for like sugary foods or like carb foods. For me, I was, I think I was kind of lucky. Mine only lasted like a week and a half, but I was like craving it like crazy. And the worst thing about is when you're on like trying diets is all the best food pops out. It's like everyone's offering you like, hey, you want this like cream puff or something? And I'm like, Oh, I'm good, I'm good, I have to like, abstain from that sort of stuff. All of a sudden, all the deals on chicken nu- chicken nuggets come uh, out. Everything comes out all the time. <laughs> no, like November 30-day deals on, on Maccas, just like, oh man, that was a, that was painful. Yeah. Have you heard about the deal in America that's $1 for 10 nuggets? What? What? Nanny? That's Is a, it? I've seen it on YouTube. $1 for 10 nuggets. So you get 100, 100 nuggets for 10 bucks. That's where everyone caves in on their keto diet right there. <laughs> Yeah. Can Ridiculous. our American listeners please back this up? Because I want to know if it, it's it it's actually... legit. It's legit. Charlie's gonna yeah. fly out to America. Yeah, we're gonna fly out to America. Yeah. yeah. No, I watch like food eaters. I'm not gonna say that word. <laughs> I watch, what was it? Sorry. What was it? <laughs> I watch people eat on YouTube. And yeah, they it's like a hundred nugget challenge or something. It costs them like ten bucks. Good lord. Yeah. Eat a small country. Yes, that's very bad. So, did you do much intermittent fasting? Because like, I know you dwelled in that as well. I'm not the biggest fan, but... Of intermittent fasting. Yeah. yeah, so with intermittent fasting, how that sort of works is like, the most common one is the 18... Wait, let me give you math. 16? 16, 16 hours? 16, 8, yeah, 16, 8. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the most common one where it's like, you fast for 16 hours and you have the 8-hour eating time frame. Oh, so you're going to say you eat for eight hours. <laughs> yeah, non-stop. You just straight. eat straight for eight hours and then you, nah. You have like your, so you generally just get breakfast and you eat your lunch and your dinner. And what it sort of puts it is like, it gives your body more time to burn fat and like burn whatever because you're not eating. See, the reason I'm not the biggest fan is because it, it's like depleting your spleen. So you should be giving your spleen plenty of nutrients. Um, but if you're fasting, your spleen is like, what was that? Oh, that's that a very... Was that? Was that? Is that, that your spleen? That's your spleen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what would uh, you do? I dropped the pen. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, but your spleen, like, cries out for, um, you know, nutrients. So I, I feel like that. I don't like the intermittent fasting too much. I think a good thing to talk about is, like, appetite versus when your body actually needs the food versus when you want to eat the food. Yeah, yeah. On that, um, from what I've seen from the intermittent fasting is like the, you build a better relationship with food. Like some people, some people struggle in terms of just eating when they're bored or eating when they're like a little bit down or something like that. I think with intermittent fasting, because you're restricted to eight hours of um, eating, you're more mindful of what what you're eating and when you're eating. So. I mean, if, if you don't really benefit that much physically, I mean, I guess the physical part is a plus, but I think the main thing I really like about it is the mental part of it because you, you build up you know, that relationship with food. Oh, my God. I just like, hit my headphones. But, yeah, you get the point. With these sort of diets, the good thing out of it is, like, you learn to be more sort of food conscious, and I think that's, like, a really big thing. I think that's a good rule of thumb for any of these diets is that you become food conscious. And you start to think about what you're putting into your body. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely, 100%. Because it's like, normally when you just eat, you're just like, ah, eat whatever I feel like eating. But now it's like, you notice 
like things change in your body and you feel it sort of develop on if you have like weak bowels or something or like loose stools or there's something wrong with like you get bloating and stuff it's like it's not that people sometimes don't actually associate that with what they eat well, that's true. <laughs> yeah you don't really like uh, the everyday person doesn't really assess like um how they feel after a meal like every now and then someone would eat like you know fried chicken and be like oh it feels like gluggy and gross yeah. but like some people don't also like when we were talking about the oats before like they don't really assess how their energy levels are and they don't really correlate it to what type of food they eat too really interesting but i think one diet that does is the FODMAP or the the i, I don't know the technical names the one where it's like um certain type of carbs that you eat they limit it I'm, i have no idea what that is by the way um, um i think it's for people with gluten intolerances um, or celiac, and they consume certain like certain types of carbohydrates that are shorter chains, so that it's. I think these type of carbs are less. No way. So is that more like <laughs> fructose in your fruit and stuff like that? Um, I'm assuming. I forgot the technical. It's very like. Is that they're short, basically, for? they're shorter chains, and so basically, they don't um, produce as much inflammation in your large intestines um, as other longer chains carbs do like they get broken down before they get to that um inflammation in your bowels so people with like ibs and things like that they can go on a fodmap diet to kind of reduce those symptoms there's a few people i know that do that yeah it's quite good for um ibs and <laughs> stuff like that is what i've seen yeah but it just comes back to being like food conscious and really thinking about what food you're putting in your body and how much it takes to digest all these foods because gluten is quite hard to digest have you ever used like the chinese medicine diet and involved it with like another western diet like keto or like the fodmaps that we we're talking about never used the diet yeah, <laughs> yeah neither have don't I. really i do use chinese medicine like food properties in my diet but not as such with a yeah, different diet like i think and when I was like 12, I went vegetarian for like a week and then I figured out I had really low iron and that did not work. So, yep, that's diet's out the door. I don't have enough flexibility to go on a diet because I live with my girlfriend, Linda. We, I have... Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout out. Shout Yeah, I don't have as much flexibility because we all sort of cook and eat together. So if I go on a diet that's sort of a bit more left field, it's hard to incorporate everybody into the diet because, you know, we all eat differently. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. Sorry. And I don't have as much time because of, you know, uni life and whatnot. I think that's a lot, that's a good thing that people don't often talk about in diets. It's just like, it's more than just the food that you're eating. It's like how you're going to have to plan the food, how you're going to, like, how you're going to get your next meal properly without like having impacts on like other people, stress that like it's gonna probably cost more money, like all these like other situations that you don't really think about. Yeah, I think that's more, con you're more conscious of it when you actually live out at home. Yeah, but I think if you can get the people around you on board with what you're doing, um, I think it really helps you as well to kind of stay on that because I think a lot of people try these diets and then they're just like oh it's too hard I don't have people around me to support me in this and pe most people kind of hear oh you're on a diet like oh good luck with that whereas I think if you're doing it for your health then yeah build a support system around you 
Yeah, and plan accordingly. I feel like with a diet, you shouldn't go in like blind. You shouldn't just be like, wake up one day and be like, I'm going to do this. I feel like it should be very like, okay, so these are the foods I can eat and let's set out, you know, a good two-week plan of what I'm actually going to eat. Otherwise, yeah. Eating diaries? Back to eating diaries. Uh, Yeah, that's good. I like eating diaries. I haven't used one myself, but the way that Nick was explaining it last time, I'm like, she... The concept is really good. Yeah. Just to keep, you know, it, comes, it all comes back to that being conscious of that. Yeah, thing. yeah. It's you like know, taking it just, yeah, just like a regular journal, like a thoughts journal. You, you tend to be more reflective on what you eat and notice how it makes you feel and things like that. Yeah, when you start to write everything down, you're like, wow, I, I had like a lot of sugar or, you know, I had like five coffees today. And you're like, wow, I wonder why I didn't sleep. <laughs> That's quite a big thing. So what about a vegetarian or like a vegan diet? Because that's also very popular now. And It yeah. takes a lot of planning um, to be properly vegan and, or vegetarian, to get all the vitamins and nutrients and, you know, all the iron and stuff that you need. Yeah, it takes a, it takes a lot of planning. And I think if you're going in it, if you're, not, if you're going in sort of blindish and not preparing properly, you end up being very malnourished and spleen deficient. Yeah, yeah. And what the main thing is usually, like what Charlene said earlier, the iron deficiency. It's a huge one. Iron deficiency, um, you tend to get a little bit tired. Um, I think your um, stools, is your stools affected? I'm trying to think about if it is or not. TMI, but my stools were fine until I went on iron supplements. So um, when I started taking Ferrograd C, um, that made me constipated because it was too much for my body to handle, even it's though I was... It's quite common for iron supplements yeah. to make you constipate. Is there, is there a reason why? It's just the nature of the iron, I guess. It's hot, I think. Because I, I, I think you associate iron with like the red meats, and the red meats are quite warm in nature. Yeah, that's, that's where my train of thought was going to, a little bit. Um, but just from my experience, because I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I wasn't really strictly vegetarian. I was... Um, I was like kind of just like loosely vegetarian, with my, like my former partner, and um, the cooking the cooking part of vegetarian, like that was okay. Like it was it was alright. You you get you just need a variety of vegetables. I think I learned from Food Tech back in year nine, where if you're going on a vegetarian diet, you need a variety of variety of veggies. And, like and not just to eat vegetables, like your beans and legumes and things, they yeah, provide yeah. the most protein and like tofu as well is a good source of protein. And I think a few, I'm not going to make assumptions about the general population, but there's people who are vegetarian that only eat like leafy green vegetables and yeah, like spinach is a good source of iron, I guess, but there's other things that are better. So do your research. Yeah, that's it. And you know, when these people come in, they, they can be quite, like, deficient and pale. You see, like, lots of blood deficiency signs in there. Yeah, that makes sense with the whole iron deficiency. You see a lot of blood deficiency. Uh, weak spleen, I see that a lot too. So then sometimes you see, like, if it's a long time, maybe some dampness within the swollen tongue, um, that type of thing. So mainly pale tongue, swollen, uh, thin pulse thin and things like that. Well, I think... Uh, a good disclaimer to also add now is probably that don't feel like you should work, like have a sort of treatment plan with it and don't feel inclined to stick with the diet if it doesn't work for you. If the diet is like treat, like you notice that you get like worse symptoms or something, just like chuck it out. There'll always be like a better diet for you and having certain foods might not work for you, but it might work for someone else. 
And also your mood can be a symptom. So if you find that this diet makes you sad or grumpy, it's okay to, yeah, like Tom said, give it up and to try something new. Yeah, what, what it doesn't account for usually is just your constitution in general. Like if I, if I try to go on a low-carb diet, because my, personally my stature is very skinny and um, a little bit smaller. I'm tall but very lanky. Uh, if I went on a low-carb diet, it would, I would not benefit out of it because I, I, I expend a lot of energy throughout the day. I, I don't really gain weight per se, blessed. Um, but yeah, so like I, like I said, you, you can't, it, it's a, it's, if you try one diet and it doesn't work for you, it's not because like you're bad at it or anything like that. It's just because it just doesn't suit you. Um, so that's why I'd probably emphasize, you know, seeing a dietitian or a health expert in terms of finding what's Talk best to your local you. Chinese medicine doctor. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you that advice. <laughs> Have you ever like recommended, let's say like you see a patient with very hot sort of symptoms. Have you ever recommended them like cold or cool property foods before? No, always, always. Not, not a strict diet per se, but um, just like promoting, hey, you should try, try eat these foods. I had one patient who, uh, she suffered from PCOS. Um, polycystic ovary syndrome. Uh, a lot of, and she had a lot of, uh, I think it was like, her stomach couldn't process a lot of things. I think it might have been a hormonal imbalance or something. And she tried the military diet. Really, really strict, by the way. What's the military diet? Um, of- I'll have to get, have to get the exact things, I have to get the exact things for it. So I'm use Dr. Google for that. But I believe it's like, it's smaller, smaller amounts of food and very strict raw foods or not raw foods but like strict foods like it's like one egg and like one banana or something like that and because she was a she was slightly slightly on the bigger side so she went on the military diet and it worked for her uh she had a lot of hormonal imbalances and that tended to not be corrected but it did help with all the symptoms that she had she suffered a lot of um edema too so that regulated that i think it's quite a large topic that we we skim over when we you know, treating patients when we're talking about diet and stuff, we skim over it. I feel like because it's such a such a large topic and it's such a big, can be quite a big problem, we sort of just be like, okay, your diet is another problem that we can work on in the future, but let's try and fix some other things first. You might want to even trace that back. Um, I mentioned this uh, another patient a while ago where she was eating badly because her lifestyle was just crap. And then when she started upping her lifestyle, her diet got better. So you can even just trace it back further and be like, what's the root problem? Is it your lifestyle, sleep? And then maybe that's attributing to what you're gravitating towards. Maybe you're more tired, you're gravitating towards more carbs, not because you're lacking carbs, but just because you're outputting so much. Or if you're feeling down or sad or something, you you tend to gravitate towards the sugars. You know, like it's it's a go-to, it's comfort food. Yeah, and all that all that links back to what we're talking about, being mindful. Like being mindful not only of yourself but what's around you too, your your external environment. If you're constantly on five coffees a day because your lifestyle is so busy, maybe either change your like change your lifestyle or substitute it for something else. Yeah, maybe order like a tea instead of a coffee if you're out and about or in meetings or. Or maybe it's your sleep that's the problem. Who knows? Not everyone can function without sleep. Psych quote. Like that, as people can function without sleep. It's just whether if you're getting the right amount of uh, right amount of sleep and upping that eventually. So, from a Chinese medicine point of view, what would be some generalized, I guess, tips that we can offer the listeners if they want to start working on their diet? 
diet, um, but they have no idea where to start, what can we say? Maybe like rule of thumb, and, and too much of anything will hurt you, just in general. You just have a balanced diet of everything. Because people are like, oh, you know, I want to lose weight. I'm going to just smash the salads and stuff like that. Well, they don't realize that's a cold rule. It's going to damage your spleen. If you have a lot of salads, balance that with a little bit of all the fruits. Um, if you tend to be a little bit hotter. Such as? Um, let's say if you have a salad, uh, maybe go, if you're, uh, let's say a, a warm something, I can't really think of anything on top of my head. Like, uh, add a meat involved. Like yeah. Or add like some a, lamb or some steak. Yeah. Put that in your salad. Or like a rice or something like that. You know, that's, that's always good. Um, especially uh, one, one thing is an important meal of the day, breakfast. Like mm -hmm. if you're having just cold cereal with some milk, maybe add in like a tea or ginger tea with your, or green tea. Yeah, just try and warm up the middle a bit. Especially if it's the start of the day, you don't want to start with something cold. Um, for lunch, I like, for me personally, I like to have lunch with a, something that will give me some carbs for the rest of the day to kind of like give me that momentum. And then dinner is usually, uh, apparently I've heard, and confirm, confirm, uh, someone can confirm me, uh, confirm this for me, dinner isn't supposed to be too heavy, apparently. Like, yeah. is that right? Yeah, I think dinner's supposed to be a lighter meal and I think lunch is supposed to be the way you get most of your energy for the day because with dinner, you don't want your body digesting it too late into the night because it'll affect your sleep as well. So I think something lighter and a bit, I guess, earlier, try not to have dinner too late and too close to bedtime. And if you are feeling like really heavy after meals, just like a light massage <laughs> along the abdomen, just like... Pull your hand, like make a fist and just go along the ribs um, and try not to sit down after meals. Um, I think they recommend a hundred steps. Yeah, a walk, a nice walk is fine. Yeah, like have dinner, sure. whatever, and then just go for like a nice brisk walk. walk. Dog. Yeah, just for you know, 10 minutes even is enough and then come down and relax and just help that digestion, help the peristalsis. If you're feeling bloated, stretch is also kind of good. Like twist that, mm. yeah, twist your body, your torso a little bit and help the whole peristalsis of the actual intestines. That's what I've heard. And it works for me. I mean, yeah. I do the clockwise kind of over my yeah, stomach. Yeah, that's good. Probably just like 10 circular motions over my stomach after dinner. I think it's also like, mm, that food was delicious. <laughs> I'm appreciating it, but it's, I don't know. Maybe it's a mind no, 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 it's a thing. I used to do that for my nephew uh, when he was like a little, like a lot, a lot smaller to get the, to get the gas out. Um, <laughs> We rub his t tummy in a clockwise direction because it, it like I think I think that does help with the peristalsis and things like that and gets things moving. Clockwise is tonifying. Yes, clockwise is tonifying. Did and not make that correlation about, like, at all. Needle, needle stimulation. Um, one recommendation that I did have from one of the clinicians was if there's skin problems, like no seafood, like avoid yep. like a lot yep. of shellfish. That was told to me And too. those type yeah. of foods because they're all about the external. That's and it's, 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 damp, it's like the biggest damp heat source uh, with, with seafood. Yeah, no, I was I was pretty uh, dumbfounded about that too. When I had my bad eczema, my dad would be like, no seafood, and I love oysters. Oysters are like the bomb. And like generally you'd think that it's a little bit more colder, but it's actually quite, oh no, it, it is a little bit cold, but it's very dampy. Yeah, I think they tend towards the hotter side as well. Yeah, um, oh, there was one more, oh, crab. Crab is damp, like hard damp heat, and obviously you don't have too much crab. I heard that. They like lobsters and crabs and stuff actually have like a lot of um, iodine or whatever, and supposedly that causes skin inflammation to become worse. Supposedly, because oh. I've had 
I've had that too where it's like I've eaten like some lob like a lot of lobsters and then the next day I was like really, really acne prone and like really bad. Yeah, I've had that same experience with my eczema. Um, diet was a huge thing for my eczema. If I had uh, say KFC, look, oh, man, I love KFC. Um, if I had KFC, shout out to KFC. The Colonel. We'll shout out the Colonel. Yeah. Um, if I had KFC one day, then I'd know it that night. It would just be crazy. It'd just be heaps of itching and everything. Um, one time, me and Timmy went to the gym. Do you remember this, Tim? When we, when we got like the little power shot. And then we drank all of it, and it was like the like the, the pre workout. So we, we drank all of it, and we we're still buzzing for like a solid like ten hours, or oh, I don't know how long it was. Yeah. We were buzzing the whole day. I'm like, what? Why? Why am I so like jittery? I look at the bottle. It's four serves. Uh, <laughs> do, you, do, do you remember? That? Was it? It was four serves. It's just like pure energy. It was just pure guarana and caffeine. So that night, I used to be a drink addicted to those energy drinks as a kid. I, I had to stop like. Like the V's and the monsters. Was that was that first year, Nick? Was yes. that? Ooh. It was definitely like an exam thing. It was like a Mars bar and a Red Bull before the exam. I was on, I was on, on fire. Yeah, you started to love monsters. I started to get like heart palpitations. I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> this is this is probably. You start on your way to death, and you're like, yeah, oh, no, death at like twenty one. It's like, oh, jeez, slow down, slow down. That's actually like super common. Though, is like they take people like to take massive amounts of Red Bull like pre-exam stuff. Like I don't really know what Red Bull and stuff would do in terms of like Chinese medicine. Guarana is um, something they they touch on that a lot. Um, it's I think, I think is that it's not a Chinese medicine herb, is it? Guarana. It's like it's like another. I don't think it's ever come up for us, but I've talked about it with someone um, that it's like for really for people that are in excess and more heady. If they have garada, it's like completely, it's like, a, it's so, um, an off balancing thing. It's really, it's really hot and it's really like, um, yeah, I feel like it's like, just like, yeah, really hot and just like boosting everything. All of the, all of the energy drinks are really hot and, and yeah. it's a little bit much. That's why you get all like jittery and jittery and it consumes everything too. So afterwards you just go on. Yeah. No. Anywho. <laughs> Bloody Dr. Google. <laughs> Well, um, I think something that we can sort of talk about is like, what would you recommend for the pe- uh, for like patients who are vegan or vegetarian, where they're doing it for like an ethical or a moral reason? What would you like suggest for them? Because they've put this sort of like, in terms of nutrition wise from Chinese med, what would you do in that sort of aspect? Oh, definitely just do your research in terms of what nutrients you're putting in your body and what nutrients you're gonna miss out on. There's obviously there's good ethical reasons to go vegan or vegetarian, but you just got to make sure that when you are changing your diet so dramatically, that you're putting the right things into your body. You because you, you're going to lose a lot of your diet and a lot of those nutrients, and sometimes obviously the things that you shouldn't be eating as well, which is good. But you got to make sure you're substituting that. You can't just go the vegan or vegetarian and just lose everything and then just be like, yep, I'm just going to live on almond milk and. Green beans or whatever, whatever you eat. I think a good way to substitute or to add in is herbal teas. Um, I do this a lot around my period. Just with herbs that you can get at your local Asian grocer, stuff like um, red dates and then there's um, goji berries and then a bit of dangui, which is angelica. 
I think um, it's really good for kind of um, tonifying the blood and things like that. So just, we'll put that in the notes as well. Yeah. Um, so you can have do research on what Chinese medicine properties these herbs are and what make good teas because things like ginger and lemon is good to warm the middle and it's good if you're um, having a cold things like that or an upset stomach um, also peppermint I like to use peppermint when I am um, feeling like I've got a cold everything's congested helps to kind of clear that and also clear some heat from my body yeah I just like to use peppermint to just aid digestion mm. it's good to just like have at night I feel yeah like a lemon I feel like I'm a more of a hot person. Mm. I've got more internal heat. So I, I like to have a peppermint tea every now and then just to cool down. And one other thing is like soups and broths and things like that. It's a good, um, I guess, substitute. My mum did a lot of that when I was a child. So um, actually even now, like when I go back to Perth, she's like, what soup do you want? I'll make it for you and you can have it as soon as you get off the plane. It's like, it doesn't have to have meat in it. She does a lot of just Chinese herbs like barley and things like that. And if you, once you start it and kind of get used to it, like it's so good and you can, it can benefit any type of diet that you want to do. It's a good compliment, basically. Did you make that bone broth the other day, Tom? You were talking about making a bone broth. No. Butchers, butchers, like, I thought they would sell bones and stuff. Apparently they don't sell bones. Um, butchers and Chinese, like in Richmond, like Vietnam, the Vietnamese grocer people, yeah, they yeah. have a lot of them. Oh, I don't know about the Western. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, actually, you can actually just buy You them. can. You can go to the butcher and be like, look, I'm looking for bones to put in my bone broth. You, yeah, you, you probably have to ask. Um, you ask for carcasses. I know that when I, when I used to work at a butcher, we used to give away carcasses, like chicken carcasses and things like that, yeah. or, or whatever, just because uh, dogs like them. Mm. A lot of the time, the people would buy them with dogs, and you can get them for a lot, a lot of them for like really cheap. Because yeah. I, I think I asked at like Woolies or. No, not Woolies. No, you'll have to go to like a legit butcher. Yeah, yeah like a butcher. Local, yeah, I yeah. try to work with butcher too, like come tomorrow. Yeah, I think if you let them know, be like, oh, can I come tomorrow to pick up what you've got left, or as long as they know that you want them, they'll hold them for you. Yeah, we had bags and bags of them, man. Like, huge bags. It would be like five bucks or something. Yeah. Uh, are they, like, clean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're clean. No, no they're clean. They're just, it's just like the offcuts, like the, the bone offcuts that, um, obviously, you have to cut some meat and then have the bones. Butcher Brendan. Hey! <laughs> I worked there for a solid, like, half, no, a year or, like, half a year. And on that note, with Brendan's previous jobs, um, we're going to have a podcast here. I'm loving your segue, it's so good. <laughs> and we've been working on this for the past two months. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. I hope you got some insight into diets. And please remember to comment if you've tried any diets or if you have any recommendations for any of the other listeners. Or any questions you want us to like clarify, if you've got any questions about your own diet. Send them through and we'll we'll see what information we can give. I also do want to hear what's your experiences with uh, certain diets and what diet did you try and how do you feel from it? We'd definitely like to know all that stuff. Yep, so you can co- comment on our Facebook page, Forever Yang, or follow us on Instagram and just message us directly. Um, we're also on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or you can listen directly on Podbean. And with that, <laughs> as always, we're the Forever Young Podcast. Bye. Bye.